This is Zach Howard, and you're listening to The Real Nerds Podcast. Hey, Real Nerds listeners. Your favorite host, Ryan, here to remind you that social media is great. How great is it? There's many ways you can find The Real Nerds on social media. You can download us on iTunes. You can listen to us streaming on Stitcher Radio. You can call us, 720-6Nerds5. Aw, oh, man, our website is so cool. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You want to leave some fan mail? Oh, that's so easy, realnerds at gmail.com. Twitter, we got it, at real underscore nerds. You can even like us on Facebook. Thank you so much, and hey, enjoy the show. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic-Con. Log on to DenverComicCon.com to purchase your tickets for the 2016 extravaganza happening Father's Day's weekend. Exciting times. Soon. Brad? Yeah. I'm talking to you, you're not answering me. What, you're just introducing the show, what am I supposed to say? You're supposed to say, oh, I can't wait for Denver Comic-Con. I'm a little upset with Denver Comic-Con. Why? Especially their Real Heroes filmmaking thing. Because on their website, they've promised, you know, mm-hmm. notifications, and I don't think they've gone out yet. Well, still a month away. I, I'd like to advertise the screenings happening, you know, not the week of. Well, I don't know what to tell you, Brad. Fucking suck it up. I just want to show my movie. <laughs> Every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. Uh, this week, however, we did something a little different because we couldn't figure out a movie. We wanted to see, we were going to go see Gods of Egypt just to be funny, yeah. but it was only playing like at two theaters. I felt so stupid. Like I could have just gone and see it yesterday mm-hmm. and then you could just saw it today and then that's yeah, all right. I don't know why I thought we had to see it together. Well, because it's special, Brad. So anyways, uh, this week, Brad, why don't you tell the people what you saw this week? Okay, so this week's just a big old random mishmash of movies. There's no singular standout movie. So I saw Green Room, um, Belladonna of Sadness, and Hook, I guess. Not really a new movie, but um, yeah. What did you see? Uh, this week I went and saw The Darkness. All right. So uh, it's under uh, Bloomhouse. Jason Bloom does uh, a bunch of horror stuff, and this is his kind of – it's called uh, – Bloomhouse Tilt. So they take lower budget horror films and it's different release platform where they're in theaters and then a month later they're on Blu-ray or digital. I don't I forget how it works, but it's like a new strategy um that they're trying for, you know, movies they don't put a lot of money in advertising for. Um so yeah, so we have three different movies we saw this week. Um we also talk about movies we watched throughout the week, movie news, which is hardly any this week. Um stuff that's coming out or movie podcast, we like to have fun. I also want to give a shout out to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. You know, we do Denver Comic Con, and they've been a longtime sponsor of the show. If you have comic book needs, go see Andrew at Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. He will set you up right. And, you know, uh, if you want, there's, you know, DC is uh, relaunching their line again. So make sure you get down there and get the books you want because I was going through. Uh, did you get all the new 52 Batmans? Like, do you have the run of it? Probably I, I I don't keep very good track anymore. Uh, because the first like ten, like the very first issue is selling online right now for like five hundred bucks. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I have that. Because it's uh, I think uh, because at the Court of the Owls, I think was the first storyline, and people I don't think were sure yet if it was going to be with uh, Greg. I mean uh, Scott Snyder, if his Batman would be very good, and it ended up being like a really great run. Mm-hmm. So I think it was under ordered, which is weird for a first issue, but. Um, so yeah, sweet. Make sure you, if you uh, go to mycomicshop.com, it has like uh, real time uh, prices because it's basically being traded on a online website. And yeah, those ones are out of control. Maybe I should sell it because I could use five hundred bucks. <laughs> you should. Um, yeah. So just see Andrew. I know he's got in a bunch of uh, great comics lately. I got the first appearance of the Green Goblin um, very recently. So um, he's been getting them. What the hell? I think this was this week. Because you saw Belladonna of Sadness. You see that at Alamo? Yeah. Okay, let me find another 
email because our favorite place to see movies in Colorado is the Alamo Draft House, and this is what's playing next week at Alamo Draft House. Hello. Hi, I'm Kevin Smith. Hi, I'm Leonard Malton. Hi, I'm Mark Hamill. Hi, I'm Elijah Wood. This is Seth Rogen. I'm Christopher Mitzvoss. I'm Ron Star. Welcome to the Alamo Draft House. Last time I saw you, I played it cool. Now someone's been I'm right telling you right up front. Burn off your cell phone. Don't talk. Don't text. Don't build a birdhouse. Don't be a foley artist. Quit asking your girlfriend what she had on her salad. Okay, is it your living room? If you talk or text during this film, I will punch you. Oh! You can find out who they are and then go cut their tongue out. Have a good watch. Bye. Alright, I said what you want me to say. Will you release me now? Alright. Casablanca is a brunch-tacular. It's a, a film series that uh, is themed around brunch and shopping. Uh, it's always good to do their themed stuff there because it's usually really good food. Um, Space Jam is playing the 21st and 22nd. Street Fighter is on the 20th. I'll be at that one. Um, Legally Blonde is on the 23rd with a live performance by the Town Hall Art Center, an introduction and Q&A by director Robert Luketic and screenwriters Kirsten Smith and Karen McCullough. Oh, that's cool. I always love when they get the uh, filmmakers in because Q&As are so fascinating when you listen to people talk about the process. Um, in a Lonely Place is a conversation with a demon dog of American literature, James Elroy. Um, and this week uh, is Miller's Crossing. That's on the 23rd. Um, the Graveyard Shift is a monthly horror series of ultimate deep cuts, oddities, and discoveries, and more. And it's hosted by Alamo Draft House's own Ian Patrick. And Ian Patrick writes some liner notes in Eros uh, videos. So um, Psycho 2 is this week's, um, or the 25th, so kind of next week. But like I said, those ones, make sure you get them early because um, they go out. They sell out really fast. Um, Harmony on the 18th is dubbed. On the 17th is subtitled. I don't know what Harmony is. Yeah, what's Harmony? I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, that's what's playing this week at the Alamo Draft House. Neat. So, yeah, get your tickets online at alamodrafthouse.com forward slash Denver. Brad, what do you want to start with this, this week? What do you, what do you want to do? Uh, well, I've got the digital bits opened up, so cool. I do releases. Sweet. DVD releases and Blu-rays. There's some kid peeing on American Pickers, like picture. Classy. Yeah, I love the show. You like looking at other people's junk. <laughs> <laughs> cool. What's coming out? All right. Um, first and foremost is The Witch is nice on Blu-ray. Mm, I have to get that one. Um, Dirty Gla- Dirty Grandpa is coming out. I was one I was gonna wait for HBO. <laughs> yeah, that's like. It's a lot of comedies are like I don't need to see them in theaters. Mm-hmm. Good enough for home video. Um, Orange is the New Black season three comes out. Um, what else? I guess if you're into uh, martial arts, Ip Man trilogy limited edition steelbook box set. I know that was really popular at the Alamo. Yeah, they, they only had a few showings and they all sold out. Um. There's some Criterion, The Naked Island. Oh, cool. I always love Criterion's cover art. Oh, yeah. It's it's just cool. I, I was so excited about, uh, like, Doctor Strangelove coming out. Because, mm-hmm. uh, like, that, they've got a Criterion coming out with some, like, good art. But yep. like, I didn't enjoy the movie enough to like <laughs> That's tough. The yeah. Criterion, you got to be kind of sure because, you know, they're 40 bucks. Yeah. Um, let's see. There's a couple DC, like, combo... Like they're mashing Son of Batman and Batman Under the Red Hood together, Blu-rays, All-Star Superman, Superman Doomsday. When does Donna Justice come out on Blu-ray? Is it soon? Uh, I think over the, like July, maybe. Oh, wow. I thought maybe that's why they're kind of combining them to gear up so people get all that other stuff. Um, Kindergarten Cop 2 with Tom Dol- Lundgren. Tom Lundgren. Um, what else? Xena Warrior Princess Season 6, I guess. Oh, Some all people right. might be waiting for that. It seems like it should have been out already. There's you know, a complete series. So. You know what bummed me out is when you 
you know when you text that about the league not being on Blu-ray. Oh. I'm not surprised because Fox is the worst uh, Blu-ray. My Modern Families, I have the first five seasons on Blu-ray, and then they only made the other ones. Six is on, uh, or five and six are on DVD only. It's stupid because, yeah, like the first, I don't know, five or six seasons have singular Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Let's just take them all and mash them together. Nope. It's only to me for cheaper. That's what I mean. Is it that much more expensive to put it on Blu-ray now? It's no way. I get, I don't know. I was hoping my poster would be like, oh, somebody does want it on Blu-ray. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, there's actually a movie called Fidelio, which is like uh, Paul Shear's phrase in the league or at some point. <laughs> so, that's coming out. I don't know what it's about. I just can see the cover art. Yeah, it's, there's not a lot. No. Um, yeah. I'll probably be that's getting The it. Witch. I really like that movie. Or The Vitch. The Vitch. Why is it separated like that? I don't know. V-V-I-T-C-H. I don't get it. Maybe they look like fangs. I, I guess. I don't know. You'd have to ask, uh, or maybe goat heads. I don't know. I have to ask the marketing people. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Digitalbits.com. If you want to check out the whole list. Um, yeah. And of course, if you buy from Digital Bits, you support them. And it's a website I've been going to for pff, 20 years, 15 years. I don't even know. Yeah. When it was just used to do DVDs. And they got news about other stuff you know, coming out in the future, too. So. Yeah, I just found out they're doing uh, steelbooks of the Star Trek movies. Are they really? In other countries. <laughs> oh. But they'll likely come here, but the the cover art's like the original posters. So. Are, are you going to get the uh, Rathacon director's cut? I don't know. I I, I have it on DVD, mm-hmm. So and I already have the movie on Blu-ray as it is, so it's like it's really just getting that slip cover. <laughs> I know. See, the thing is, is like I have the, I think the Blu-rays are cool, like in the sets, mm-hmm. and so then I'd have one that's not in it. But I love the movie, so I'll probably get it. Who am I kidding? Yeah. Anything else borrow yours then? Yeah. I'll probably get it. Uh, Yeah. Cool. Yep, nothing exciting. Just like movie news. It's real news. Yeah. Um, did you see the Assassin's Creed trailer? No. Uh, it looks interesting, except they put this Kanye West song at the end and so it makes it bad and then someone on the internet was really cool and took the actual music from assassin's creed and put it to the trailer and yet again someone on the internet is better than anybody else making it because it actually adds emotional punch to it and like oh wow that works really well not trying to appeal to the populace by adding kanye west to it and i didn't even know it was kanye west i knew it was a horrible song until uh, someone was talking about it was kanye west because he's horrible and I don't get why people actually think his music's so good. Everything I've heard from Kanye West sounds horrible. Yeah. I don't, and I, could, I couldn't pick a Kanye West song out of a lineup if, you, if I was listening to it. Maybe I just don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, when uh, we have music rounds at uh, Trivia, someone else would be like, oh, that's Kanye West. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, cool. The only way I can maybe tell is if it was constant auto-tuning. And then I say, oh, that sounds like <laughs> Kanye West. Um. Did you know that Captain America, if he came back after 66 years, would be owed $3.1 million from the United States Army because it's 66 years worth of pay? Well, given how they, good they are at uh, paying out VA benefits. <laughs> yeah, he's probably no host. That, yeah. <laughs> it, it was a funny article I read on, uh, I think it was on Collider, where some dude actually went through and like figured out how much money he was making in 1944 and multiplied it through benefits and things like that. So, yeah. They owe Captain America $3.1 million. And the funny thing is, is the United States Army responded. and was like, yeah, we probably would, but you have to meet these certain requirements. What does Captain America, what would he need money for? Like, <laughs> Yeah. Well, he, he lives at Avengers yeah. uh, headquarters. Uh, he doesn't anymore. Well, <laughs> as of now. But yes. prior to that, like <laughs> he already had free room board, free meals. Doesn't he need meals? He's like a super soldier. I don't know. I don't, yeah, I'm sure. He can probably he, needs a lot. Can he starve Captain America to death? <laughs> I don't know. You probably could because he probably need a lot of food because if he has, you know, superhuman abilities, he probably need his metabolism's probably really fast. So he probably has to eat like two pizzas and shit like that. Maybe. Uh, did you see the, they released a photo of Krang outside his robotic thing? I think it looks like the cartoon. Huh? It still looks like a CGI cartoon movie, but yeah, we'll see. It looks like it's more fun. I look at the release schedule. It's our movie of that week, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we're seeing it. I don't think the, I don't think the first one is horrible, but it's just whatever. 
I'm yeah. just hoping it's fun. That's all I want. Yeah, I'm hoping with like the with embracing the cartoon characters more. But yeah, it, he he looks like an even bloated, more bloated Krang from the show. Yeah, so hopefully they just have fun with it. He's got his tentacles still. I like he's got extra tumors or something. I don't think Johnny Knoxville is the voice of Leonardo in this. Yeah, one. I don't think he is. So they, they just got someone who sounds like him. Yeah, save money. Yep, that and it, you know. I'm Leonardo, and I'm the leader of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Gareth Edwards is leaving Godzilla too. Uh, they, I guess that makes sense because he has more important things to work on, like Star Wars. Yeah, well, he's done with Star Wars now, I guess. And uh, um, yeah, and I uh, there's I was reading on Hollywood Reporter. They're not sure why. I think the the big thing is I think his camp saying he's just burnt out because he did Godzilla, then went right into star wars and then he didn't want to go right into another godzilla because uh warner brothers or universe who's ever releasing king kong skull island is doing a like a king kong godzilla shared universe kind of thing and so they're making a big monster movie mashup and that's it for news are you sure what did i miss uh darwin cook died today oh that's right oh he died yesterday yesterday okay yeah he's a great comic book artist i loved his art the new uh dc's the new frontier yep he uh, he had a style that was kind of that uh, Dick Tracy yeah. kind of like 1940s style, but he his lines were really clean. Uh, I always if he did an alternate cover to Harley Quinn or Batgirl, I'd always get it because I loved his uh, interpretations of characters. And he it's really sad. I the day before I read that he had an aggressive form of cancer, and then I read then the very next day he died from it. Yeah. So that's pretty that's a bummer. I know. I read it like early in the week, and they're like, "You know, we're pulling for you." And yeah. Then, wow. Yeah. <laughs> that was fast. So it's a bummer. Yeah, because he's a great, great artist, and I loved his. Uh, was he ever at Denver Comic Con? I don't think so. Hmm. Uh, he did before uh, before the Minutemen was the Watchmen prequel, and it was really cool. It's probably the best book out of that because he was a writer and artist on it, and his style really fit what he was trying to do. It was nineteen forties kind of superheroes. Um. Yeah, it's a bummer. He's a great artist. Fucking cancer, man. Yep. It's knocking everybody out. Uh, so, yeah, that's a, yeah. So, yeah, thanks for reminding me because that makes me sad because I think he's a great artist and, um, uh, my son loves me more than he loves my wife. No, he's just sad that Darwin Cook died. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. So that's it for real news. Cool. Yep. Hey, Brad, what did we watch this week? So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. What'd you watch this week, Brad? Oh, did you just uh, watch all new stuff? Yeah, I'm trying to... Uh, I think we talked earlier. I, I'm rewatching the Batman anime series. Mm-hmm. Anything stand out yet? Uh, just the old... Like, uh, I was going to go through and watch them in, like, air date order. Mm-hmm. But, it's uh, hard. Yeah, like, I was, I was going to put... Based on what the air dates were, like, they had one... It seems like every day in September, like it's almost. Well, like yeah, because remember, it was uh, part of like the Fox block. Yeah, so. so they showed them five times a week. Yeah, that's in, like that's crazy. Yeah, I because I, I you know it's you find you say that because I went and I was because I did the same thing. I went to Wikipedia to see the release schedule, and season one was like eighty five episodes or something. Yeah, sixty, I think. Yeah, then the other two were like ten, mm-hmm. twelve, um, and it, those ones are easier to disseminate because it's. You know, Batman and Robin adventures, or the new Batman and Robin. You can tell by the art style, but the early yeah. stuff is always difficult. In DC Entertainment released them stupid as volumes. Uh, as volumes. So, yeah. Well, it makes sense because the you know the first season would be you know eight or ten discs because of like yeah. how, like sixty episodes. But then those see that's later a, seasons they'd be like smaller. See, I so. think that's something that people would want on Blu-ray. I think people would buy it and pay a lot of money for it, just like the Batman '66 stuff. I'm pretty sure people would oh, buy on Blu-ray, yeah. yeah, the animated series on Blu-ray and pay a lot of money. Yeah, for that's it. the other thing. Like, watch them on DVD. It seems like they're just like VHS transfers. Mm-hmm. Like they're pretty blurry. Um, and but... that art style just begs to have high definition. Oh yeah. Um, and the thing is, you don't have to, you don't have to make it widescreen. Just clean it up and put it out. Yeah. Um, watching them on my thing, it just stretches them anyway. It doesn't like distort too much. So. Hmm. Um. Like uh the the Batman 66, 66 show is still standard frame and yeah 
Um, yeah, you don't have to like upgrade it or anything. No, it still looks good. I, 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 I mean, I always thought too, like Dick Van Dyke is standard. Um, and you know, Friends was reformatted to be letterbox. And there's times when you're watching it, you can see like holes cut out of the f- the set where the cameras go. <laughs> you're like, just Whoops. leave, just leave it normal. It's yeah. the exact thing why uh, next generate Star Trek Next Generation they they left it standard because they didn't want to like show exactly. stuff off to the size of the frame. Well, uh, Joss Whedon, uh, Fox took Buffy the Vampire Slayer and upgrade up. Converted it and made it letterbox for FX HD, and it pissed him off because he they also recolor timed it, so night scenes that were supposed to be at night looked like they're during the day, and you could see like crew members like in the background, <laughs> and he sent this really scathing letter. It's like you don't need to mess with it; just leave it how it is. Yeah, people are goofy. I'm sure the ne- uh, network's just like, but it looks weird on the screen. Yeah, it exactly. We thing. don't want to get complaints about the black bars. It's just like, you know, younger generation can't deal with black and white, so you had to make it color. It's just like, it's rehashing. I remember my brother would always get full screen DVDs, and we'd used to get in arguments about it. <laughs> I said, dude, don't get full <laughs> full screen. You get like half the picture cut off. He says, I hate the black bars. Hmm. I don't even notice them. Yeah. But it's for Batman animated series, like the first three discs from the first season have like Heart of Ice on it and the Grey Ghost and Nice. Oh the Grey Ghost, that's a great one. Yeah. Um Hi buddy. Did I watch anything else? I don't think so. What'd you watch? Uh so I went back to my junior high days or maybe yeah just before junior high days and I rewatched Wayne's World for the first time in a long time. <laughs> Because um, I was at Trades Martin, I bet the Blu-rays there were like three bucks, and the transfer is not very good, which is a bummer. Um, but the uh, the uh, movie's still really funny. It's one of those stupid comedies that my wife actually laughed at. That's when I know the stupid comedy is actually funny because my wife doesn't laugh at that stuff. Um, and it's just, <laughs> I, I could probably still quote the movie verbatim. Uh, I, I love the scene with Chris Farley. He plays a security guard for Alice Cooper. And so Wayne and Garth take a wrong turn and they go outside and Chris Farley, uh, Wayne and Garth come down like, wow, who's that limo belong to? And Chris Farley goes, it brings to Frankie sharp, sharp records, probably the biggest record producer in town. He goes on this spiel about where he knows where, uh, Frankie sharp's going to be all the time. And then at the end, Wayne comes over and looks at the camera and says, you have to wonder if this is going to pay off in some way at the end. (laughs) (laughs) It's just totally stupid stuff like that that I just love in movies. Um, It's the first movie I remember where they actually broke the fourth wall where, I mean, Wayne is basically your narrator throughout the film. And, you know, he's always talking to the camera and making jokes at the camera. Um, So it's kind of, I guess, a Suedo documentary. Has Ed O'Neill plays a crazy uh, donut shop guy. Um, Rob Lowe's in it. There's a lot of famous guys in it. Um, and, you know, I always loved the scene with Alice Cooper, too. Because um, <laughs> Wayne and Garth get backstage passes, and they they don't know what to say to him. So he says, do you come to Milwaukee often? <laughs> and Alice Cooper's response is, I've been to Milwaukee many times, but Milwaukee has sure had its share of, fair share of visitors. In fact, Native Americans have been coming to Milwaukee since the early 1600s. <laughs> and then his uh, band says, Wait, Alice, isn't Milwaukee an Indian name? He goes, yes, Peter, it is. It's actually pronounced Milwaukee. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the movie's great. Um, I watched Iron Man 3, uh, almost done with my Marvel movie binge, and then I just have to watch Tank Girl and um, R.I.P.D. and see if I can find Man-Thing on Amazon Prime. And then I've seen all the comic book movies. Wow. Um, I don't know if Iron Man 3 is better than the first Iron Man, but it's definitely one of my favorite Marvel movies um, because it's, I don't know, it's just has, it's pretty funny. Um, I love Tony's interaction with the kid uh, at the end where he's leaving him and, uh, you know, Tony's leaving and the kid says, you're just going to leave me here like my father did. And he, Tony looks and he's like, grow up. See you later, pussy. And he drives away and the kid's like, yeah, it's worth a shot. <laughs> and I love that they just played it. They didn't play that like sappy thing. And, uh, yeah. and you know, I think the, the action in it's really cool. Um, there's a really funny bit where uh, Tony and 
Rhodey are trying to save the president. And so it's kind of like a buddy cop thing. And uh, Rhodey's running in front of him and Tony's behind him. And he says, is your gun pointed up? And all of a sudden he points his gun up like ready to shoot. It's it's pretty good. And in it, uh, Iron Man kills like bad guys constantly. And it's weird because they made such a big deal out of, you know, Superman when he killed Zod. And yeah, Iron Man literally blew a hole through a dude. <laughs> I mean, I don't care, but as I, I, cause I've been yeah. watching all the Marvel stuff. I said, wow, Iron Man kills a lot of bad guys. And I mean, he should. They're terrorists and things like that. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Like Zod. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm like, I, I don't know where the... I guess people don't think Iron Man has the moral, I don't know, uh, barometer as Superman, but... Comic fans have like this weird like, standard for... That's what like, I was saying, because I'm watching. I'm like, wow, he. I forgot about him blowing... like. A huge hole through a dude. Yeah, that they showed on camera. Yeah, I'm like, all right. Actually, uh, I forgot. I I watched Deadpool this week again because it came oh. out. Um, Negasonic Teenage Warrior. Mm-hmm. She blows like a bunch of uh, scrap cars into like two of the assault guys. Yep, they're dead. They're dead. You know, uh, Colossus making a big deal about you know no killing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's you know it's kind of funny. You just I, I I don't know why. It's accepted um, as long as the superhero is like popular, they're allowed to kill. But when they're not popular, it's like I oh, guess your strength. Well, because I remember even in uh, one of the complaints in Batman Superman was Batman was killing bad guys. Mm-hmm. So what? <laughs> like they're shooting guns at him. I like I never like saw that argument. You yeah, know, they were incidentally killed. Like because yeah. collateral damage. But too, if yeah. I was driving my Batmobile and those dudes were shooting rocket launchers and machine guns at me, I would shoot them too. <laughs> you know but just me um and the uh the last thing i watched is i uh watched spotlight which is the academy award winner for best picture hmm. this year um and it's a really good film uh, was it the best picture of the year well i don't think it's better than star <laughs> wars but i mean i, I i'm not <laughs> you know i'm not that artsy fartsy kind of guy yeah. um but i will say that it is a cool film and i can see you know, when you watch, you've seen enough movies, you can see why they're picked as best films. Because in it, it's about, you know, a ragtag group of guys who are uncovering this huge cover up. And, um, but it's a really powerful story. If you don't know the story, Spotlight is about the Boston Globe reporters in the Spotlight section uncovering the abuse in the Catholic Church and how it is widely just brushed away. And it, I don't know if accepted is the right word. Um, but the church would just tolerated tolerated. There we go. Um, the church would just reassign these priests to new parishes and they would molest other boys. And Rachel McAdams has this speech where, uh, or she interviews this one father where she tracked him down and he said, yeah, I molested him, but it's not rape. I know the difference because I was raped and you're like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? And uh, Mark Ruffalo is amazing in this movie. I think he was nominated, too, and I think he should have been. Rachel McAdams was nominated, but I don't think she did anything special. But, I mean, she's not bad in it. It's just, I don't know what's so special. Michael Keaton is great. Um, Leah Schreiber is great in it. Stanley Tucci is great. The movie is really well made, and it's really um, well uh, written and paced. And uh, it moves by really fast. I think it's like two hours and 20 minutes, but it doesn't seem that long because, um, you know, they're constantly uncovering stuff. And even when they uncover everything and they're about to publish it. You don't feel like they've won because it's such a shitty story. Um, but it was an important story and it's, uh, it's very interesting. So I would definitely see it for, uh, Mark Ruffalo's performance in it alone. He's really good in it. Um, so yeah, it was a good movie. I think at Best Buy right now, it might still be on. So it's only like seven ninety nine at Best Buy right now. I mean, that's why I got it. I was like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, so I enjoyed it. Um, yeah. And that's the last thing I watched was spotlight. I forgot I went and saw Hook yesterday. <laughs> yeah. See, you even put it. See, I post them on Twitter so yeah. I never forget. And uh, I, want, I want our fans to know what we're watching. And you post it on. You still forgot. Yep. Uh, my memory just sucks that bad. <laughs> I forget to post. And then even when I do post, I forget. So were the actors there in person? Uh, yeah, Rufio and Don't Ask uh, were both there. Um, Dante Basco and James Medio. Uh, yeah, they uh, they introduced the movie. I assume they went and sat and watched it again. Maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. Steve went, went to half glass full. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know how many times they have to watch it, but if I was like in a movie like that, I would probably watch it every time just to, like see how the audience yeah. reacts. 
um, even like that old, but um, yeah, Steve was uh, leading the Q and A and whatnot, and uh, they talked about like working with Robin Williams, um, who was you know everything you'd everything you'd expect him to be. You nice. know, like, you know sometimes actors have a different personality mm-hmm. than what you see on TV, but he was you know always there to. And since they, those two guys were the older of the kids in the cast, um, he would joke with them and do all like the off-color stuff. Nice. Um, so, uh, and then um, like Robin Williams gave uh, Rufio a, a poetry book, I think, with Leaves of Grass, I think it goes, um, and that's influenced him into writing poetry and stuff, like in you know as a side to his career. Oh, cool. Does he still here. act? Yeah, he's a lot. You know, a lot straight to DVD stuff. A um, couple, you know, low-budget indies here and there. Um, same thing with uh, the guy who played Don't Ask. Uh, he, prior to Hook, didn't have any aspirations to be an actor. His dad just saw the casting call and he's like, hey, you should go do this. Oh, really? Yeah, they were in New York and they they, were, they and one other kid from Chicago were the only ones that were f- f- out from L.A. in the cast. So, like, everyone else was hired from L.A. Huh. Uh, so, he just kind of lucked into... Is that movie 25 years old this year? 91. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that coming out like as yesterday. That was a good time for movies. That yeah. eighty nine to ninety one. I'm not a big fan of Hook, but you no. know, why not? I think it's silly. <laughs> I, I have to watch. I haven't seen it in a I long admit, time. I will admit, like watching it again, like I, I did watch it a couple years ago when it came on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. So it's not that far off. But watching it last night, as fun it as fun as it is, and how like magical that it is. The adult in me is a little baffled by what the rules. Mm. I understand it's Neverland, so like, yeah. there's not really rules, but there's just some stuff like, you know, they they reveal that you know Peter Pan ended up in Neverland because like as a toddler he got, you know, he's in the the carriage and it gets blown away, mm-hmm. and you can't tell if it was like his own doing, because he's there's like this expositional scene where he's like reca- recounting it to Tinkerbell, and he's like I wanted I didn't want to grow old and die mm-hmm. so it's like well did the wind blow the carriage away or like did he is a symbolism for him yeah. trying to get away and then you know when you go to neverland like you don't age right yeah yet he went there tinkerbell took him there as a toddler and he at least became like a 12 year old boy well maybe you don't age after certain i, I guess you there, maybe there's deleted DVD. scenes or something uh there's none on the dvd or, or blu-ray, blu-ray. Yeah, so blu-ray is bare bones um but yeah just like rules like that i'm just like okay so you can age a little bit, but not all the way. But yet there's pirates. Mm-hmm. You know, Dustin um, Hoffman is pretty great in that movie. And though. the dead croc eats Captain Hook. <laughs> like he belches, so <laughs> yep. Like there's a sound effect for that. Yet he, it's a dead cro- crocodile. I don't know. You know, Steven Spielberg's never been one of those guys who follows his own rules because if you listen to interviews with him, he says, "I just do things that." Are fun. I mean, yeah. he, he said it in Jaws. I think I've told the story before that um, if the people are with him this long, then they'll buy that when they shoot the shark, it'll explode. <laughs> yeah. And like for the most part, you know, it's Neverland. So it's like mm-hmm. you can't really. It's magical anyways. I yeah. Guess. It's... I, I think that was like the motto on set. Like, fuck mm-hmm. it. It's magic. You yeah. know, because there's even a part where like uh, when Peter gets knocked off the ship, he's got a, he falls into the water and like the mermaids start kissing him to give him air. Mm-hmm. And then he gets uh, rescued by the Lost Boy thing. Oh, that's right. Thing. I don't remember this movie at all. And then as soon as he gets up there, he finds Tinkerbell in her house. And she's like, oh, Peter, I thought you were dead. And it's like, well, if you thought I was dead, my kids are still with Captain Hook. And the whole deal was like, I have to go train. But you guys thought I was dead. So are my kids dead now? Like, oh, that's right. His kid thinks Captain Hook's cooler than he is. Yeah, that's Captain Hook's plan. It's like, yeah. well, first he's all depressed. Like, you know, the, the kid he thought he was going to fight is this fat old man mm-hmm. who has no imagination and so smee tells him you know i got a better idea let's turn his kid against him which is a pretty sinister yeah. plot um but yeah it's just like if tinkerbell like if they tinkerbell and everyone on the ship saw him fall over and they thought he drowned like like what <laughs> what was captain hook gonna do with his kids yeah <laughs> before that because hmm. um, he was gonna kill all three of them and then tinkerbell convinced him not to do it but then they thought yeah, I don't know. Just some logic things. Um, but yeah, still a fun movie. And then uh, Rufio was talking about how he got cast and like uh, Steven Spielberg has a full arcade on in his office. Like, Sweet. So kids can just play free video games while they 
do their auditions and stuff. I wonder if he does that so they feel more relaxed and he can get a better performance out of them. Yeah, and then uh, he said like he had to read against Dustin Hoffman, and they didn't read the script at all. They just hung out. <laughs> he's like, "Hey, kid, how you doing?" Because you know what I think about it, Spielberg has pretty good luck with kids. Yeah, he's really great at directing kids. Yeah. And I, I didn't get a chance to ask any questions because uh, I wanted to. Well, I, first I wanted to ask like you know what's like what does Steven Spielberg do to, to like direct you guys? Mm-hmm. Like, what's his technique? Um, That'd been a good question. And then the other one is um, uh, when Rufio, like Peter, is getting chased down by the Lost Boys, and then Rufio shows up with a sword, and he like runs over, swings it, and like it lands right on Peter's face. Um, like, like I want to ask him, like, did, was that a bunch of takes to get it in that spot, or was like they reversed it, or like what happened? Because there's just mm-hmm. like a camera move in it too, so that's a lot of stuff to like yeah. get right in a single. Does shot. Rufio die in it? Yeah, I kept, uh, that's right. Cuts him. Oh yeah, stabs him in the chest. Oh, yeah, spoilers. Sorry. And Rufio's like, I wish you were my dad. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and it was, it's too bad James not here because he was there too, and he uh, was talking to Steve about how this movie is, uh, a, like Steven Spielberg's most personal film because like R- Rufio represents Steven Spielberg, and then uh, Peter is Spielberg as a dad, uh, as of '91, like a recent dad. Mm-hmm. And then someone else's, I forget, but he, he, he saw it on a deeper level than I did, but, huh. uh, but yeah, the production design, it's really, the, the, the other thing is like, it's sad that it, it's a little more obvious as the soundstage, uh, a lot of the time, uh, cause you can watch and see the backgrounds are just like lit backdrops and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of sitting there thinking like, actually there's, um, there's, there are a couple special effects that I like. I wasn't sure how they did because, like Tinkerbell in the Dollhouse, mm-hmm. when she first tries to get adult Peter, like it's pretty convincing that it's like Julia Roberts standing in a tiny dollhouse. Hmm. But I'm like, well, it doesn't look like it's composited. Huh? Because I think that's I thought my guess how they would do it. Yeah, or it's a, like it would be a, like a large dollhouse, but that just that just means the production design. Like they made a miniature look huge. Hmm. Instead, of, like you'd think a, a small house would look like a regular sized house mm-hmm. where they're in it, but it still looks like a dollhouse. Interesting. So I don't know how they did that, but that was uh, fantastic. And then, um, what was the other thing? That's it. But anyway, hook. Yeah, I'll have to watch it again. I, again, I was never like, meh. I still might be meh at it, but I have not seen it in, jeez, yeah. years. Just clever lines of, like, uh, Really clever script, despite like the weird rules not mm-hmm. applying sometimes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'll have to watch it again. Yeah, check it out again. Cool. Um, so how do you want to do this? How do you want to do our reviews this week? Are, are we missing a segment? I don't think so. Do we do everything? All right. Uh, so I saw two new movies. You saw one new movie, mm-hmm. so... Do you want to just say we got... Uh, Brad, should people go see The Green Room? Uh, yeah, it's, it's okay. I wasn't, uh, blown away. Like a lot of the hype is how like spectacular the gore is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, I didn't, I didn't see anything that special that I haven't seen before. Gotcha. Um, it was more of just a tense movie and mm-hmm. it kind of just goes from A to B and then it's done. Um, so here's the trailer. Cool. Okay, I'm with the Eight Rights from Washington, D.C. You guys are hard to find. Why no social media presence? The music is shared live. It's time and aggression. You gotta be there. Sorry, guys. Gotta clear out. Follow me. And then it's over. Holy shit. You can't keep us here and gotta let us go. We're not keeping you, you're just staying. We're so fucking dead, guys. What do we do? Oh shit. This will be over soon, gentlemen. What are they doing? 
coming. We gotta go. And we die. The longer we wait, the sure that is. Is that a pep talk? Just grab some shit, get ready to run. Here we go. Careful now. I can't die here. So don't. It's fucking hard, man. So yeah, James talked about it a couple weeks ago. He saw it. Um, he said it was. I forget what he said about it. Do you remember? Uh, like, I, I he said I know that, he liked like, it. Yeah, he said the experience was really tense, and um, yeah, like the yeah. And I remember he was really terrified of the dogs. <laughs> yeah, I don't, kind of the weird thing is um, those dog attacks. It seems like everyone just kind of caves into them, like. Um, I don't know. I've never been in a dog attack or seen one, so I don't know how like <laughs> how it's supposed to go down. But it seems like everyone that gets bum rushed by a dog just kind of like falls on their back, and then clearly that's an easy way for them to get to the jugular. Uh, but there's nothing like it. Just looks like some dark stretching of neck pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, and then spoilers, Ali Shawcat like she fires a shotgun at the dog, and it just doesn't stop him. And then she just kind of like gives up and gets eaten hmm. and they don't even show her getting eaten you just hear it so do you think um because james isn't or does not watch as many horror films as we do as maybe had a bigger impact on him yeah I, that's why i'm guessing is like it is more shocking to him because he's not accustomed to it as much mm-hmm. so and like the whole hand getting cut like it just looks like your standard like missing like broken hand you know it's like there, it's not like there's blood spraying everywhere it just looks like you know really good cut makeup you know yeah so i don't know so i can wait to rent it yeah sorry <laughs> it's all right um the one thing uh i was so excited that i thought i finally got my first like i'm the only one in the theater experience because i walked into the movie about i don't know three minutes into previews and stuff mm-hmm. i look around I'm like oh sweet and i start to head down to the second row like just out of habit mm-hmm. and i was like oh oh there's a woman there <laughs> so i went all the way to the back of the room it's, it's it was the c so it was like a small like yeah. 20 seat thing um and then i don't know like 10 minutes before the end she just got up and left really like i guess she couldn't handle it anymore huh. but um like a lot of the most gruesome stuff happened by then so <laughs> i was like you can't just wait the rest of this out like hmm. it's almost over um i don't know maybe she thought i was gonna go on for another hour but uh yeah i was, I was this close this close to being. Do you want to hear a funny here. story about today? No, you didn't. <laughs> I did. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> yep. What theater? Uh, uh, Belmar. So I was oh. really lucky there. Yeah. But maybe I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, foreshadowing. <laughs> um, yeah, green room. I mean, people are good in it, like good acting in it. Um, it's just the 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 band, the characters, they just do. D- again do dumb things that Mm -hmm. you usually see in horror movies like they're trapped in this green room but they find a secret passage into like the meth layer it's like they go down there they find there's no exits out of there they're kind of trapped anyway but it's like they have a lot of like chemicals and things around Mm -hmm. and like supplies and yet they just grab some duct tape and like Hmm. they're not trying to get in yet so you have some time to kind of explore like what you can use down here like you could probably build a bomb or something with what they got down here or at least throw chemicals at them. Yeah. I, I know, I mean, I don't know anything about the manufacturing of meth, but I do know that it's really dangerous. Yeah. Um, and then towards the end, like once most everyone's dead, um, they have like, they're trapped in the green room again. It's like, I don't know if that's not a situation, I would try to take out the building, mm-hmm. <laughs> like light it on fire. 
um, yeah, you might asphyxiate, but um, at least you ruined their operation. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, there's just things you're like, God, do this, do this, do this. A lot of times they just run out and get annihilated. Like the one guy crawls out a window and they know they're probably surrounded. And as soon as he gets out the window, he gets hacked in, into bits. It's like, good strategy, dude. <laughs> yeah. And that one kid just stands there as the like dog runs at him. Like you should probably just start fucking running <laughs> yeah. yeah, or fight back. Yeah. Like there's a counter. Uh, there's this like one shocking part where they convert one of the Nazis like on their side and he knows where all the guns are, and he starts getting out the gun. All of a sudden, like you just see his face get explode. Um, like, oh fuck! But nice. that's probably the only surprising part. Yeah. So, Brad, you also saw Belladonna of Sadness, which I know absolutely nothing about. Uh, here's, should people go see Belladonna of Sadness? Maybe if you like watching, if you like looking at paintings, <laughs> maybe. Uh, I was pretty bored. And cool. Here's the trailer. どこから来たの私はあなたのそばあなたのことは何でもわかりますあなたの悪魔ね悪魔ですよ Which, the fuck is this about? I don't even know what it's about. I don't even know if the trailer did anything because is there? It's a Japanese. Because when I yeah when I selected Fandango for because you sent the said oh, I maybe want to see Belladonna of Sadness, I hit cast and info and it just had nothing on it. It's some uh, anime from the, I don't know the seventies, hmm. maybe eighty eighties. Um, it's one of those like lost films that they like dug up and then remastered and here it is again, but. There's very little actual animation. Like, it's a lot of just pictures with narration over it. Hmm. Um, and, like, the 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 art style is kind of like watercolor. Um, but it's not... It's a lot of freeze frames, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, not even, like, voices timed to mouth movements. It's just, like, here's a picture, and then you hear the voices. Hmm. Um, and it's it was subtitled, so uh, you're just hearing Japanese language the whole time and just reading subtitles um but the story is just there's these two lovers they get married the king shows up he's like i'm gonna knock prima nocta Ooh, braveheart style so he gets him and his his gang to gang raper and then she wanders back to her house her husband's like all upset um and then tries to choke her 
because this is like an old i don't know like 18th 17th century mm. tale um so even though he loves her he's like oh, so like ah oh, the king fucked my girl mm-hmm. <laughs> um and then she kind of becomes an outcast um and then the uh king gives him he a job of tax collector so they get really rich and then people start resenting like she's all nice and stuff and then the um the townspeople she does things for the townspeople like she's nice about collecting the taxes and then the queen's like oh the townspeople love her more than i you know kind of like the mm-hmm. the queen from snow white type thing yeah and so uh, they find more ways to punish her and then she uh i started to like fade out <laughs> so she got like banished for a while and then she makes like a pact with the devil to like uh like spare like do, help improve her husband's life so she sells her soul to the devil and the devil is like this penis <laughs> character it's very so he's a dickhead yeah <laughs> He's like this little red guy. <laughs> and yeah, it's it's this weird graphic art, like a lot of sexual imagery and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, tons of like animated nudity. Um, but yeah, pretty boring. Because <laughs> yeah, she becomes like this super sexual being, um, starts orgies with the townspeople. Um, and then... Is she know, sad? Super sad. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then... Uh, at some point she through the devil creates this like flower that heals people and the king wants it like he wants the secret and then she's like you know i'm not gonna give the secret and he's like okay we'll burn her and then they burn her and then the husband's like i can't damn you king and then he like gets speared by all the king's knights and stuff yeah and then she i'll teach you spear yeah it's (laughs) So I would have really, really would have hated it. Yeah. <laughs> I was sitting there going, yeah, Ryan would have hated this. <laughs> I, I fell asleep in the middle of it because it was just <laughs> that great. Yeah. Like there's, yeah, it's just this, like the art's beautiful and whatnot, but it's just like so graphic and doesn't really go anywhere special. Like, oh, they're treating her like a whore. Great. It's very <laughs> demeaning to women. Huh. Um, and it's not redeeming because she dies at the end. <laughs> So she's yeah. a whore, and they're like, oh, I guess she has to die. Yeah, she makes a deal with the devil, becomes wow. a super whore, and yeah, embraces it. <laughs> and then they burn her. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's funny. But like, the her way husband's life doesn't get funny. any better. Yeah. <laughs> her deal with the devil doesn't help. <laughs> yeah. So. And I, I, clearly, it's symbolism for something else that I'm just not, I don't care enough to dig deeper into. <laughs> so. Fuck it. So yeah, that leaves you with the darkness. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not very good. Um Kevin Bacon's good in it. And Kevin Bacon's in it? <laughs> yeah. And it has potential, but um I'll just play the trailer and I'll talk about the movie. Hey Mikey. Do you know the Indians that used to live around here thought this place was haunted? Legend says that the guardians of their spirit world lived in the rocks and the trees. That one day, they're going to come back into our world. Don't be a jerk. Like, I didn't mean anything by it. Mikey knows that. Hey, buddy, do me a favor and listen to mommy today. Breakfast, Stephanie. Later. Put bags on the table, Mikey. Remember? <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. Can you tell Michael to stay out of my room? He keeps leaving dirty hand marks everywhere. We never talk about him. We never talk about how he affects all of us. It's getting creepier and creepier. One. Getting angry doesn't help. You're scaring him. Two. He's scaring me. Three. Oh my God. Hey, who's up there? Five. Michael's been acting strangely. I mean, what are we dealing with here? Where you've been? It's the home of very powerful spirits, chopped in another dimension. The god you might be familiar with cannot help you now. 
In it, it's this uh, Kevin Bacon's family goes on a vacation to the Grand Canyon. He has a autistic son who falls into like this underground thing that has Native American uh, stones that he removes, and by removing them, it unleashes the spirits. Um, you don't find this out till like fifty minutes into the movie, but he takes them and. Uh, where the movie, what I actually thought was interesting is I actually thought it was a play on the darkness because each person in the family had a secret. So the the horror at the beginning was, well, his wife's an alcoholic. He cheated on her. Their wife is, uh, I mean, their daughter is, uh, has, uh, is bulimic. Um, you know, no one pays attention to, they just ignore that the little boy who has autism just talks to random things so when he's talking to spirits they just ignore him i'm like okay this is an interesting premise you know the darkness actually represents the darkness in all of us and i i said okay so maybe it's not about you know spirits or something it's about exploiting people's dark secrets in their lives because paul riser's in it too and he doesn't want to talk about uh how their son had problems um and as it so that, that stuff's kind of fascinating and um and i'm like oh okay i can maybe get behind this movie because you know it's maybe uh it's a slow burn movie and it's making you think a little bit about oh these people have secrets uh by uh their son finding these stones the secrets are actually coming out and it you know it's revealing the worst in each person uh, and i said oh, okay that's interesting but then it did the horrible horror movie cliche of where the parts where the people are making poor choices in their lives are really fascinating. Um, so, you know, the, when the spirits start showing up, it's, there's a putrid smell in the house. And then the mom goes into the daughter's room and she finds like all these containers full of vomit that she's been throwing up when she's been eating and hiding it from her family. So it's underneath her bed. Why should she just flush it? Yeah, well, she, yeah, I don't know. Um, but so I'm like, Oh, so that's why it smells in the house. You know, it's just, again, it's just symbolism for, their daughter, you know, having bulimia and she's just throwing up all the time. It's like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Um, and then, you know, Kevin Bacon's character not only uh, has infidelity problems, but he just kind of ignores those kind of problems. And it just keeps on building and building and building. You know, his son lights uh, the one of his rooms on fire and his he gets mad at him. And the mom's like, don't be mad at him. You're like, oh, so maybe it's just, you know, they're ignoring their kids. And I'm like, OK, this is kind of interesting. But then they'll go into this when they ex start explaining stuff is really, really obnoxious. Like uh, when the mom says, I think there's a spirit in the house and she does research. So there's a montage of her on the computer finding facts about Native American ghost stories. And then she sends it to Kevin Bacon's character and he watches it and they play the same like YouTube video about four times in the movie where they go this is blah, 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 blah. They represent the wolf, the buffalo. <laughs> and then the symbolism keeps on happening out through movies. So you see like a, a coyote and then you see the wolf and then you see it's like and then they would something would happen and then they would have exposition about what just happened. And it wasn't scary. It was just obnoxious. Like, oh, this is stupid. Not scary, and I should have known better because when I I didn't know when I bought the ticket, I looked at it as PG thirteen. I'm like, oh, this is gonna <laughs> suck. And then of course the ending is uh, they bring uh, a Mexican lady in the house who doesn't speak English with her granddaughter to exercise the demons out of the house. So they start doing that, but they lose track of their their son, and he goes back into his bedroom and he crosses over to this dimension because the spirits want his soul. I don't even know. I, you're looking at me like I'm missing something but i don't know why he's doing it <laughs> it just happens to be part of the story um 
so you can imagine what I'm like in this movie theater by myself. Um, <laughs> and then Kevin Bacon's character, you know, goes in there. He's like, take me instead. Take me. And then, you know, the demon's like, okay. They don't say okay. <laughs> they motion to him. And then his little uh, autistic son picks up the stones. He's like, I'm not afraid. And he puts them back together. And then they get out. I'm like, this is stupid. This is the stupidest movie I've ever seen. I've seen so many horror films, and I don't mind when there's horror movie cliches, but I hate when it's so on the nose that it drives me crazy. You know, it's, don't go into that room. That room has evil. And they're, at the beginning, I kind of knew I was in trouble when uh, they're... So the little autistic boy is hiking with his older sister and the the boy of their friend. And so, you know, the the boy is... the 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 asshole guy and he tells him the ghost story of the native americans i'm like does this kid know this <laughs> trying to scare this little autistic boy <laughs> and it's yeah it's really clumsy writing directing is not very good yep but i was in the theater by myself cool i uh so you're able to check your phone <laughs> I, left, I always leave my phone in the car <laughs> but i i went in and it was like five minutes before the movie started i was like oh sweet i'm the only one here but you know Especially at Belmar, I was going, you know, someone's going to roll into this place and it's going to be a bunch of teenage girls because it's a PG-13 movie and they're going to sit right behind me, even though I'm in the third row. And they'll watch like 45 minutes of it and leave. Yeah. <laughs> even though, because, you know, when I'm in the smaller theaters, I like to sit uh, like in the last row of the stadium in the bottom because it like the screen will, you know, go around me. I know I'm weird like that. Um, so I sat there and I'm like, they're going to come in. They're going to sit right in front of me. No one else came in. I was in there by myself bored waiting yep. for something to happen the good thing about sitting in the back for uh, the green room was that you know when i got bored in pl- spots i was like well there's no one this is going to distract so i pulled out my phone <laughs> and, like check on things <laughs> yeah I, I always leave my phone in the car because i'm not that asshole brad <sighs> it's only an asshole if you're affecting other people <laughs> so yeah so this is a down week on real nerds podcast yeah um nothing exciting <laughs> I haven't had one of those in a while yeah next week i'm excited though the uh the nice guys opens are you seeing that on monday yeah, I get to see it tomorrow night. Nice. So super jelly. Yeah. Um and I we forgot to do the stuff around town, so I'm trying to look up the Yeah, I'll just keep on talking. So uh I'm excited to see nice guys, you know, Shane Black doing a buddy comedy. I, I've been reading reviews on it and they say it's really great that it's not very politically correct and it kinda harkens back to Lethal Weapon. Um so that gets me really excited. Um, this might be the last like down week of the summer because after this it kind of kicks up yeah and you kind of expect it because captain america but which i'm frustrated that uh so it opened like 170 million last yeah, week yeah, like 72 or something and this week uh it got uh 72 72 which is almost the same drop as batman superman but it's not getting the flack of like it's a bomb yeah well because it's already made almost a billion dollars worldwide yeah worldwide but in america it did about the same business. It, it's already passed Batman Super. It's all right, Brad. It's all right. No, I'm just saying <laughs> domestically. It's yeah, wait, about the same. Wait till uh, you'll be redeemed when Affleck's solo Batman movie comes out. <laughs> um. So, um. Uh, this weekend at the Esquire midnight, um, they had v- John Carpenter's Vampires this week. Oh, that's a cool movie. Uh, but they canceled the Friday show for some reason. I don't know. Hmm. That's baffling. I hope they're not like canceling the whole event. Um, I've never seen that happen before. Have you ever seen John Carpenter's Vampires? <laughs> well, it's like, it's not, I can't imagine they get enough pre-sales to like know how it's going to be. Yeah. Well, I mean, that movie is such a cult following. I mean, it's kind of a goofy movie. It's all right. Yeah. But yeah. To take it from one night to two nights to one night, yeah. like midweek. I don't know. Maybe they couldn't, they couldn't only get the print one night or something. Like usually when I go, there's maybe average 30 people there on a good night. So I'm just like, do they gauge, do they gauge pre-sales to where it's like, well, if we have at least five people, it's worth it. Maybe. And they just got zero I don't know. <laughs> for Friday. I don't know. But anyway, this week is uh, the adventures of Baron Munchausen. So check that out. Midnight's at the Esquire. And then um, the drive-in is still doing um, the Huntsman, uh, My Big Fat, Fat Greek Wedding 2. And they put uh, Keanu as the uh, third film in the evening. So, so yeah, so I'm guessing uh, Huntsman will probably leave next week. And then they'll replace it with something else. Well, I hope the big fat Greek wedding leaves. <laughs> Put Batman Superman on there. Civil War. Yep. Be great. A lot of the comment sections are like, put a kid's movie on there. And 
but I my guess is they probably have to run them for a certain amount of time because it's a triple bill. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if they say, oh, if you want to run the Huntsman here, it has to run for four or five weeks or something would be my guess. I, I mean, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm guessing that's how it works. And I'm guessing the Disney films are expensive, like probably. their deal. So, I mean, they had Inside Out last year, but I think that was the only Disney thing they had. Hmm. So. Oh, maybe they're waiting for Finding Dory then. Maybe. If they can only do one. Um, yeah, and then uh, EFP is on Thursday, so if you want to come see some local films, go to the Bug Theater at 8 o'clock, 5 bucks. Cool. I programmed this one. Is it good? It's very motherly. Motherly, motherly theme. A lot of documentaries. Cool. For this one. Yep. Right on. So nice guys next week. Yeah, nice guys. I'm excited. Until next week, we'll see you at the theater. Bye. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6Nerds5. And download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production.